you know the story about the butterfly coming out of the cocoon. You know, if the butterfly doesn't get squeezed out of the cocoon, the, the fluid doesn't get pushed into its wings uh, to fly away. So if it gets ripped out of the cocoon, it just kind of falls to the ground and can't really fly away. It needs to have that struggle. It needs to have that experience in order to be successful. And I think that's the most important part to the human life as well. It's very satisfying uh, internally to, to know that you overcame something and became successful. From MJ Bulls Media, it's the Raising Cannabis Capital Show. Today, the Cannabis Investor Spotlight is shining on Cody Shirk, co-founder of Explorer Equity Group, which is a private equity venture capital firm. Cody, welcome to the MJ Bulls Podcast. Thanks, Dan. Really excited to be here. I, you know, I got to start right with this. You started your career as a firefighter. <laughs> How does somebody transition from being a firefighter to being an international investor? Yeah, I, it's a, uh, man, on one hand, it's a, a kind of fun story to tell, but on the other hand, it's really frustrating because in general people, oh, you're a firefighter, you don't know anything. You didn't, you know, grow up in the world of finance. So it, it's kind of this, this mixed emotions for me. But the, the basic story is my dad was a firefighter out of college. I became a firefighter as most people follow their parents' footsteps. And when I became a firefighter, I, I kind of started to connect the dots of how do you become more successful? How do you take it to the next step? And I, I learned very quickly that if I worked as much as possible, which means did as much overtime as possible, <laughs> I could become an accredited. I could become an accredited investor, and then I could do these private deals and and all types of different industries, and and that's what I did. And I lost a lot of money in the very beginning and made a lot of mistakes. But I got an MBA in, in hard knocks and making those mistakes. At the same time, I was a firefighter too. I was working on an ALS uh, rig, which is basically means we we're providing advanced life support to to patients that went through all types of emergencies. And one of the very common things was drug overdoses. And I was seeing all these different drugs and how nasty they are. And obviously we ran into cannabis all the time. And I, it was, it was nothing. It was more innocent than alcohol. It created no problem. So through this whole process of being a firefighter and investing and learning a lot of things along the way and my experience with cannabis, ran across this industry and said, oh my gosh, this is something that's so compelling. It's, there's no way I cannot focus on this eventually. Oh yeah. You're, you're not alone. Obviously a lot of people are moving into this direction, but before you got to cannabis, you got to tell our, yeah, our so listeners I, about ex, the Explorer <laughs> Partnership because this is, I'm telling you, this is one of the coolest ideas. If I would have thought about this out of college, I would have been right with you. Okay. So when I was a firefighter, I assumed that, you know, I was making good money for when I was young um, compared to my peers. And I was very lucky to do that. But I was working really hard. Like literally, we were working 24-hour shifts, like 20 days a month. So I was like never home. But on my days off, I assumed that I was a small fish in a, in a big pond in the U.S. So I was like, you know what? I got to go outside the U.S. to find these opportunities where I'm going to invest in. And, and keep in mind, I'm 24 years old thinking I'm going to strike it rich. So I'm going out into the world, finding all these awesome opportunities. Let me, let me stop you there for a second. You're leaving out a big <laughs> part of this that you're not telling our listeners. But you're also a surfer. So you're going on these, yeah. you're, you might be looking for investment opportunities, but you're looking for waves. Yeah, that's the second part. I, I usually don't tell anybody because like, oh, you're a surfer bomb. And I'm like, yeah, okay. So anyways, I try to go to, I try to never visit the same place twice because I'm naturally curious. So I go around the world looking for these waves. And I know that real estate in front of waves for surfers is almost priceless. Surfers are like a cult and they'll pay any amount of money to surf a great wave. 
So if you buy land in front of these waves, you are literally sitting on a gold mine. And that's what I did. I went through Central America and bought land up in front of these really good waves. In the middle of the jungle, I had to do this crazy due diligence of finding like landowners and tracking down ranchers and farmers and speaking Spanish and visiting lawyers and going back to the city and chopping to the jungle and like wearing snake boots. It was, it was ridiculous. That's crazy. But I ended up doing really well in the real estate because I, I like found this niche that I knew about and, and did really well and, and rolled over a lot of the money into private equity and venture capital deals where I made a lot of mistakes. But yeah, that was the impetus to, to go out into the world and, and start exploring. And at the same time, I was writing about it because somebody had said, hey, Cody, you're doing some interesting stuff. You should write about it. it not so much to tell other people, but more so to keep yourself in check so you can write down everything, see where you've been, you know, where you're going. And it's kind of almost like a diary. And I started writing about this and people were reading it and, and like more and more people were reading it. it just kind of started expanding more and more. And then eventually people were like, hey, I want to invest with you on these adventures. And I was like, I don't want you to invest with me because <laughs> I don't want you to travel with me and you're a weirdo and I'm, I'm, I'm doing my own thing. And of course, very short-sighted at the time. And, and as I progressed into this more and more, I realized, hey, I need help with more investors to leverage up the ability for me to do bigger deals because uh, as, as one person, you know, you can, you can do a lot as one person, but eventually you kind of run out of steam because you're out of time and, and capital, frankly. So I started this group called the Explorer Partnership and it, essentially it's a private social and investing group and the the emphasis on on the social part is really cool because it's a lot of really like men people who are naturally curious and want to travel and, and find interesting opportunities and what we do is we present investing opportunities and we've done them all around the world everywhere from ukraine to colombia to hong kong to london i mean literally everywhere and one of the areas we've been got really focused on several years ago was with cannabis and it's just so compelling for us that we were touring cannabis grows in multiple different countries, finding different companies and just all kinds of crazy stuff. So I know there's a lot there, but that, yeah, that's, that's the basic transformation of how I got to where I'm, where I'm now. Right. So, so that private investing syndicate you put together really just yeah. took off so much. Was that the genesis for Explorer Equity Group? Yeah. So what we were doing is we were forming SPVs. Uh, we formed Explorer Equity Group, which is our investing arm of the company. It's separated from Explorer Partnership. That way, one of our members, for some reason, goes somewhere else and is not a member of the group anymore. They're still a client of our investing arm. So you know we treat them just as we would any client for, for life for as long as they're a client. And we, we formed this group and we were investing in individual companies. We're forming SPVs, special purpose vehicles, to invest into individual cannabis companies and some other areas. But like I said, we got really involved in cannabis. And the process of doing these SPVs, it can, it's pretty labor intensive, especially as we started to get better and better deal flow within the cannabis industry. You know, you meet one person, there's a CEO of this company and that company, and then all of a sudden you're getting opportunities to invest in, in companies that the general public isn't even seeing. And so through this process, we said, hey, like, this is crazy. We, we're doing an SPV almost every couple of weeks. This is way too much work on our end in terms of the back end infrastructure and, and accounting and emails. And it was just, it was out of control. So we said, hey, we got to launch a fund. This is insane. We can actually do more deals faster. We can allow our expertise to invest in specific companies instead of trying to relay information back and forth to our investors every day. And also we can take uh, a capital for our investors who trusted us over the years and who don't want to deal with doing a lot of the work that we were making them do. And they, they now trust us to use their money and invest it the most strategic way possible. I just think it's so cool how it just kind of rolled into one from one great idea to an, the next great idea. It's just one right. It just seems like everything's just sort of fell into place for you. Let's talk. Yeah, a little... it might seem that way. It might seem <laughs> that way. But looking back, man, there were so many speed bumps and mistakes and, and just like pains that we went through. And, and on the outside, it may look like, uh, you know, a calm sea, but underneath it, with that joke, you know, the duck looks super calm on top of the 
water, but underneath the legs are just like paddling like crazy, you know, all, all uh, you know, frantic. And that's basically the story. And for sure, we've we've uh, matured and grown, and we're on a very good track now. But it certainly hasn't been without its uh, struggles and difficulties. Well, you need to get banged up a little bit to get the street credibility, and you 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 certainly have earned that one. Let's talk a little bit about ex- <laughs> <laughs> let's talk a little bit about Explore Equity Group. I know you invest in other sectors, but it's focusing on cannabis. What type of cannabis companies are you interested in investing in? And who are some of the companies who you've already invested in? Yeah, so first, some of the companies I've invested in, Kush Bottles, now Kush Co., 1906 Edibles out of Colorado, Prohibited, and, and a variety of others that people have probably heard of. So we don't mind touching a plant. A lot of people say, hey, touching a plant's really risky. We don't mind touching a plant. So we're pretty much industry agnostic. Uh, obviously, the ancillary services and the picks and shovels uh, companies are very attractive. But we also see value in, in brands that are touching the plant. The only thing we try to avoid is investing in cannabis grows where people are making money specifically from grow, from selling cannabis. Now, if it's vertically integrated, we'll look at it, but we generally believe that the cannabis is, is a commodity, just like you know, corn or wheat or whatever. So it's probably a race to the bottom on the pricing, and we don't want to get stuck in there. We want to be investing in companies that have a great brand, a great service, a great uh, technology or patent or anything that's really defensible for years to come. We're looking for those types of opportunities. Okay. You probably see a lot of deals. Oh yeah, yeah, a lot. So the, too many. <laughs> yeah, but the the best way for a company to get their information to you and some advice as to how they can make themselves attractive to you, so they get to the top of your pile. Yeah. Well, first of all, we look at everything. I'm a nerd when it comes to looking at all companies. Like I said, I'm I'm just curious about it, and regardless if we're going to invest or not, I want to look. I'm just one of those naturally curious people. So I'm very good at answering emails. My email is just Cody at ExploreEquity.com. And people email me every day, all kinds of their ideas. And, and I encourage more people to do that. And we will take a look at it and get back to you either way. We'll say, hey, this looks really interesting. We want more information. Or, hey, this is probably not a good time. Come back to us later. Or, hey, this just doesn't fit our investing profile at all. But either way, we try and get back to everybody, which is a lot of work. But we believe it's the right thing to do and ensures that we're uh, you know, respecting entrepreneurs' time and allows us to really get involved in the industry. Okay. If there's any way that they can make themselves look more attractive to you? Yeah, I think that's kind of that X factor. And then what is the perfect entrepreneur? And obviously uh, a track record helps, but there's certainly a lot of uh, younger people coming out with great ideas as well. I think the best thing for us that looks most attractive is just being brutally honest. We despise it when companies come to us and they they look perfect and they say, oh, they have no competition. They have none of this, none of that. We want to see, hey, somebody approaching a problem and they're being very, very critical about how they're approaching it. And they're showing us the truth of what they're approaching and how they're going to correct it and what their challenges are. If they are able to articulate that, then we can become very interested because we understand that they have a realistic view of the problem they're approaching and how they're going to solve it. I think that's good, good advice overall. If you just straight with people, it's so much easier. I mean, investors in general, they're sold to every day and you know, you get jaded getting sold to. So when you hear somebody just make this flowery story that has no downside or no risk, you immediately, you call BS on it because yeah. it probably is BS. Right. So no- it's very, it's, it's a fresh, you know, it's fresh to see somebody come to you and, and show you their idea, but also identify the problems and articulate why they need capital or help to overcome those problems. That's when it becomes much more believable and go, oh, this is something that's actually investable. All right, that's really good advice. Let's switch from the entrepreneur to the investor. So with all the traveling that you do, I'm sure there's a lot of people outside the United States who are interested in investing in the U.S. cannabis market. 
Yeah, there are a lot. And I think, well, I know this, the cannabis obviously is a, is a hot trend in the U.S. right now. And uh, most people know about it. But from the outside world, people don't know the actual laws of what's going on in the U.S., meaning state by state. You know, laws are changing every day, the difference between the U.S. and Canada. I mean, you go to some parts of Eastern Europe and they don't really understand the difference between uh, U.S. and Canada, just like we don't understand a lot of the countries over there. Sure. So there's a lot of very interested investors saying, well, this is a massive market that is literally being unlocked right now. How do we get in? And the U.S. and Canada in particular are, are really leading the way in terms of a formalized, legitimate way to invest. And there is going to be a flood of money coming in, but it's going to it's going to take its time. And um, there's going to be a lot of skeptical investors from the outside of the U.S. just because they don't know. And that's part of our job and our, the industry's job is to educate everybody about what's going on in a way that is uh, clear, concise, and legal all the way as well. Do you work with with investors outside of the United States? In Canada? Yes, actually, probably currently about 30 to 40% of our investors are outside of the U.S. and Canada. So we're talking about from Asia to Europe and even to, into Latin America. So, yes, we, we work with all kinds of investors. This rolls me right into my next question. If somebody wants to work with you guys and wants, wants to invest in, in your funds, what are some of the criteria that they'd have to conform to? I mean, we don't really have criteria in the sense that we're not going to not allow people to invest, obviously, any fund or somebody's investing is going to take money from any investor. I shouldn't say any, but you know, we're looking for people that believe in what we're doing and believe in our long-term vision and also understand that we are in this for a long time. We want to be partners with our investors because if they make money, we're going to make money. Mm-hmm. If they don't make money, we don't make money. So we're very, this is very much a partnership in the, for, the, for the long term. So we want to ensure that you know, we shake hands with our investors, meet them face-to-face, we travel to meet them. We want to make this a long-term thing so we can all be successful together. And if they wanted to get in touch with you, same way, right, to yeah. Cody? To exp- yeah, or just... Yeah, CodyExploreEquity.com or just go to ExploreEquity.com and you can uh, you can find all the information or just search my name online. You can just send smoke signals and I'll, and I'll find out uh, who you are and we'll get in contact. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've been speaking with Cody Shirk from Explorer Equity Group and all of their information will also be on the MJ Bulls website. So, Well, Cody, thanks for being on the MJ Bulls podcast. Hey, Dan, thank you so much, and thanks for what you're doing for this industry. Uh, I, I will say uh, this industry does need to be cleaned up, and nobody wants to hear that, but that's the truth, and that's what we need is we need more people sharing information about what's going on so it can be clear and transparent and move forward in a legal and, and the right way. Well, I appreciate you saying that, but thank you for making that transition from, a, although being a firefighter is, 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 is <laughs> very important. It's very important. I don't want to undermine that, but what you're doing right now, you're going to be changing the world. So this is good. Uh, well, Keep it up. I, I, hope, I hope we all do. I hope we all do. Thanks a lot, Dan. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey friends, I'm Brandon and I'm Saba and we are your host of the Cannabis Hangout podcast, an educational platform to connect with the cannabis community and share personal stories while breaking the stigma of marijuana. Join us every Sunday at 7 p.m. to gain valuable insight with different perspectives from industry leaders, growers, and medical marijuana patients. This is a place to learn so much from different angles in the cannabis industry. So tune in while we break it all down.